0: purports to be a rational version of reality where they have been able to disregard any belief in a divine or anything that doesn't agree with a very narrow scientific view of the world. Atheists, there's an arrogance about atheists and of course there's that same arrogance about many religious people, But you know, assuming that their way is right. But I want to go through some of the Arguments and there's a few of them that atheists give to justify their views. Now one of them is they say, well if you're going to attribute the creation of the universe to God, well then who created God? Now when I refer to God I'm talking about the monotheistic God, the God of the Jews, the Muslims and the uh, and Christians the monotheistic god which is goes back to the root of time um you know in the quran it says that the religion of islam is simply the last in a whole lot of religions that have been passed down to man and of course people have gone off and worshipped idols and things like that but that's nothing to do with the reality of god so we have to distinguish between the monotheistic god and other idol worshippers, they although they're both given the word God. In fact, usually the monotheistic God is given a capital G, as it should be. But atheists quite deliberately confuse the two. I mean, we'll say deliberately; it's partly out of ignorance. So the God, the divine being, is infinite. Now we have to get our head around the concept of infinity. It's said that the finite can never understand the infinite, and the journey of mankind is that journey to understand the infinite. You will never understand that the journey is never ending. It's as if our egos are the end of a long thread, and a thread goes down into our subconscious, into our unconscious, into what Jung, Carl Jung called the collective unconscious, into a consciousness that embraces the whole of the earth, into a consciousness that embraces the whole of the galaxy and the universe, and potentially goes even beyond that, into many other dimensions. These, the infinite is not created because the infinite has always been it's outside of space and outside of time so there was no creation of god there doesn't need to be it's not just a nice little argument to get around um, the semantics it is simply a fact that god is infinite it says in the quran he has begotten not nor has he been begotten and this is uh, in part, an, an argument against the Christian idea of uh, the Trinity and that Jesus is the Son of Man and, and things like this, because the infinite has no sons. He can't have a son. It's just it's impossible, the idea. Uh, there was an ancient view among the Essenes, and Jesus was an, uh, was an, was an Essene, that all uh, all men and women were the sons or the daughters of god but this was really just a way of saying we're a drop in the divine ocean there's an infinite ocean and each one of us is a drop in that we were created in god's image and that's what it means to be we say we're created in god's image we are a finite manifestation of an attribute of an infinite being so Nobody created God. There is no creator. He is, the, he is beyond our universe. Our universe is created, and there are other universes, billions. I mean, so far as we can use numbers, and even numbers start to fall down at this point. It's like quantum mechanics. You're talking about something which is beyond our laws of physics. Now, another argument that I've heard, and, and, and these things pop up, and every time I hear these arguments, I think, well, this is so ridiculous, I'm sure intelligent atheists can't possibly embrace this, but I hear them, and then I hear them embraced almost like a fact among atheists. And the, other, the second one is that atheism is non-belief. In other words, atheism isn't a not-belief in, uh, in, not, not in God, it's just a non-belief. Uh, like and they say it's like a non-belief in Santa Claus or a non-belief in um, the spaghetti monster or whatever it's called or something like this well it's a cop-out because if you're going to say well God doesn't exist then you have to say well what is the cause what goes on what's going on beyond science and the argument that there is nothing beyond science doesn't make any sense. One of the characteristics of all atheist arguments and this applies particularly to the view of Darwinianism, or it's manifest particularly in the view of Darwinianism and the view of quantum mechanics, is that there's a randomness. So species evolve through random um, evolution and when we talk about quantum mechanics um, the position and direction of a, of a particle is determined by uh, statistics, in other words we can't give a reason behind it, it's um, just, just numbers. So when we look at randomness what we're saying is we don't know. You see if I was to take a glass and drop it onto a, a floor and a tiled floor we would expect that glass to break and if it breaks the scientists would say well of course the level of impact on the glass and so on was above a certain amount and if it didn't break the the scientists would shrug their shoulders and say well okay you know it's one of those things we don't know but isn't it incumbent on us to say not just we don't know but we've got to say why when we there is something beyond science. It's obvious there's something beyond science. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle tells us that science isn't deterministic. You know, if we have, and I've talked about this before, if we have a, a car accident, there's two people in the car, somebody steals a car, jumps in the car with his girlfriend, he goes driving off down the road, hits a tree, the girlfriend's killed, he walks away unscathed. Why? And the scientists will say, "Oh yes, but if we knew the trajectory of the car and the direction, so but we don't, and we don't know what was going on in his mind, why he turned the wheel slightly one way or slightly the other." Then none of this stuff is deterministic. You can't say, "Ah, it is." We just don't have enough information. The point is, you will never have enough information because there's a, an element of randomness. There's an element of something which is beyond science. And if you're going to say there's something beyond science, we have to ask ourselves what that is. And to just turn around and say, no, atheism is non-belief. It's a cop-out, because what what is beyond science then? And, and I've said this before, that science makes many, many assumptions about things. And and I've spoken to atheists about it and said, oh, no, no, it's not science, we just don't believe in God. Well, you... You have to believe in something. We have to have uh, some assumptions that we make about the world. We open a door. We expect that we're going to walk through that door and there's not going to be a huge gaping hole. We expect that the sun's going to rise tomorrow. We expect that certain things happen. And we expect these things to happen, not, not just through science, because science, unfortunately, you see, atheists have taken science to be synonymous with rationality. No, we can be rational even without using science and many people who purport to use science actually aren't rational. But there is a rationality which is based on assumptions, it's based on experience. We have to have some beliefs in this. We have to have our feet on the ground, our assumptions about certain certain things when we do engineering. We're making assumptions about the relationship when we do maths, to do calculations. We're making assumptions about how that maths relates to the world. We have to have beliefs there. Now, another argument, and again, when I came across this one, I thought, this is so absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how anybody could take it seriously. But again, I hear it pop up. And where people say, oh, well, you know, there's so many gods that why should I believe in your God? Well, this is a kind of atheist. It's almost bordering on um, uh, sort of uh, misdirection, I suppose, would be the word you know there's the vast majority of religious people believe in the monotheistic god the god of the jews and the muslims and the christians there's some idol worshippers and things on the side and we could probably count up the number of gods that people have and they probably run into the thousands. But so what? It's like if you believe in an idol, we could add up all the idols and give them all different names and say, here's te- 10,000 gods. No, it's really one God, it's one concept, it's idol worship. And idol worship is distinct from a belief in a monotheistic infinite God. If we're going to say, well, why should I believe in God because there's so many religions, we might as well say, well, why should I do anything about politics because there's so many different political views. It's a cop-out. It's almost like an excuse to ignorance. Oh, well, why should I? The, the why should I is, is just uh, ignorance. And it's, it's devious. At it's, it's best, it's ignorant. At worst, it's absolutely devious. Now, of course, another argument that keeps coming up and we hear this in many, many forms, is why does bad things happen to good people? And there's a lot of variations in this. If God is all good, how can bad things happen? My friend who was a really good person, you know, got cancer and had a horrific death. There are kids in hospital suffering from cancer. They disappear to have done nothing bad at all in their lives. And yet they are having this horrible existence. Therefore, they say this proves that God doesn't exist. No, it doesn't prove anything, it just proves that there's um, the reason for our existence is beyond what you call good and bad. So let's go through this. If you're going to divide the world into good and bad, well, who are you to make those distinctions? Am I good? Am I bad? If I spread religion, does that make me bad? If you spread as atheism, does that make you good? What's good and bad? Who are you to say what's good and what's bad? You see, and I've talked about this before, but we're on a journey, it's an infinite journey and our existence on earth is a mere snapshot, a light bulb, a flash of a light bulb, of a a flashlight, in this infinite journey. And of course when you're in it, it seems like this is all there is, but there isn't. We're going to go on to something else. And so the kids who have this um, existence that appears to be, you know, terrible and so on, they will have probably other lifetimes and they will experience different things. And the experiences you have on this earth are experiences that we learn at the level of the soul. The real understanding is not intellectual understanding, it's not learning facts and figures like you do at university and then pass an exam where you answer multiple choice questions real understanding, is what, what we might call relational understanding. It's an understanding of how the universe is put together in many, many different ways. It's skills at a deep level. And we take those experiences with us. People who grow up, who have a uh, an inherent um, Desire to join the police force, for instance, we could probably, I mean, if we were able to go back into past lives and find that they were, you know, they were badly done by, or even that they badly hurt other people and they want to make amends because at the level of the soul there's a level of karma. We don't know what people go through, what the soul has gone through, and why, and it's not necessarily punishment, you know. We could argue, and there's a lot to be said for this, that people who are given a lot of suffering in this world, it's not a curse, it's actually a blessing, because they can take something away with them, the stronger and more powerful. And I've talked about this before. Now, one of the things that's always struck me is that this argument comes up many, many times, and probably thousands of times a week, if you were to go through all the uh, things on the, on the net. And there are many variations of it. Why does bad things happen to good people? If God is all good, why does bad things happen and so on and so on and so on? And I wonder to myself, when the people ask this question, do they realize that it's really the same question, taken many, many different forms? Or or not? Now, if you're going to argue that atheism is about rationality and about intelligence and so on. Well, there's a high degree of stupidity, I think is the only word we can call it, of people unable to realise that it's actually the same question. Uh, Do they ask the question because they're somehow trying to catch people out? Or are they genuinely, let's be blunt about it, are they genuinely that stupid that they don't realise it's the same question? And have they ever bothered to look at the answers? You know, I mean, I'm answering this question, but I'm not the first. There are many philosophers, you know, Thomas Aquinas and a lot of the Sufi scholars. You know, if we go back and read them, they answer the questions. It's not easy necessarily to understand the answer. We have to make effort. And we have to put aside our own assumptions. You see, one of the problems when people ask these kind of questions is they're so stuck in their mindset. It's like you could answer the question. But they're just stuck and saying, yes, but, yes, but, why does bad things happen? Yes, but, yes, but. Whatever answer you give, they are just simply obsessed with going around in a circle because they're unable to step aside. They're like a broken gramophone record. They're unable to step outside of it and see the reality of the question they're answering in a different form. So they go on answering the same question and they think they're being rational. No, they're not. Now, another very common argument we see is that science is about rationality. It's empirical. And religion is about belief. Well, science and rationality are not the same. Most of what passes for science is actually not rational. It is simply belief. You accept views because people have you know got degrees and have you know said certain done certain exams say it's true so you say it's true you believe it because scientists science tells you that it's true it's actually just a particular religion it's almost it's just a religious belief it's no different from religion um and if we're going to use rationality then we can use rationality in religion and we do We do, religious people, intelligent religious people, and there's a lot of religious people, of course, who are unintelligent, but intelligent people use rationality. They simply make different assumptions. There's an arrogance here that rationality and science are the same thing, and it's simply not true. Now, of course, one of the other things that comes up and we see this a lot, is people who say they became atheists because, oh, well, I was brought up in a Catholic school and the nuns were hypocritical and the teachers were hypocritical, my parents were hypocritical, and so on and so on. Well, okay, they were hypocrites. That doesn't God doesn't cease to exist because hypocritical people talk about him or believe in him, just as if you're an atheist. You know, there's a lot of atheists in prisons who have committed crimes and um, to some extent and I'm not saying this is necessarily true of all atheists I don't think it is, they justify it by by thinking in themselves that there's no afterlife, there's no repercussions well, life is what we can get away with Um, a lot of uh, psychopaths and what are called sociopaths have this view life is what we can get away with and a lot of these people are atheists so can we say, well if we're going to say that that religion doesn't god doesn't exist because religious people are hypocrites or evil people and some of them are does that mean that atheism must be wrong because there's hypocritical atheists and there's evil atheists because it doesn't make any sense what people doing god is not responsible for what god people do in god's name another aspect of atheism is to deny personal experience I wrote an article on Medium about my when I rejected the beliefs of my parents. My parents were atheists, and I told the story. And I've said I've told this before of walking um, to St Albans and then uh, arriving absolutely worn out at a bus stop, and arriving at the bus stop at six o'clock in the morning, and a truck pulled up and a driver knew me and he took me home. And I've, and I've, what has it been this before? And of course the atheists come come along and, they, and they've said this and they say, ah, but you have to explain why you didn't have to wait for that bus, but I've had to wait many times for a bus. No, I don't have to explain anything. It was a personal experience shown to me to bring about a certain state. And all experiences on earth, every experience that somebody has, on a day-to-day basis is designed to bring about a certain state, to bring you in, to lead you into a certain state of understanding. And because it's personal, nobody else can take that and say, ah, but it should have been this or it should have been this or why was it, we can ask why was it this or why was it that. But we are not necessarily going to find an answer because it's due to the particular individual involved. But because atheists go back to science, even when they deny it, and say, oh no, atheism is just a rejection of beliefs, it always gets back to what they call science. And this is about statistics, and it's about looking at large numbers of cases. It denies the personal experience, but the personal experience is at the heart of religious belief or real religious belief. Thank you for listening. You can leave comments on my Podbeam page. You can email me Phil at braham.net you can visit my website podcasts.braham.net and I hope to hear back from you thank you